Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter, where my handle is at turkeyhitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. This week, we have part three of episode seven, our interview with Harold Knight of Nightingale Game Calls and Sheffield's Ultimate Hunting Television Show. In this episode, Harold's going to share with us some additional safety tips for turkey hunting on public land. He's also going to share with us his story of his last successful turkey hunt and what made that hunt successful. And towards the end of the interview, Harold is going to share with us his thoughts about the Second Amendment and those organizations that support our right to bear arms and those organizations that further our interest of turkey hunting, such as the NWTF. So sit tight, listen into Harold's interview. I look forward to seeing you on the other side, and I hope you enjoy it. You mentioned a couple of safety tips about hunting public land. You, know, you mentioned that you don't use any decoys and you, know, you try to get away from other hunters and, and just be careful kind of from start to finish. But what other special tips do you think really apply more on public land than they do private land? Well, safety, yeah. safety you know, you've got to be a lot uh, careful. On, don't go out there and, uh, and certainly don't take your pan and your turkey head and try to slip up on a gobbler. Uh, I, I, I don't recommend that at all on public hunting ground. And I avoid usually red, white, blue colors. If, you know, a lot of people say, well, I ain't stupid enough to do that. But I look and you see somebody got a white T-shirt on with camouflage. Right. Then there's, they got that white T-shirt. Next thing I know, they got a red ear. Their ears is red from a, you know, maybe they've got hot or, Walked along wearing the ears real red. And a white t shirt. Next thing you know it, it you know, somebody said, Well there's a gobbler's head. That's white. There's something red. You know, just things like that I avoid as much as I can. And do not do not try to fool somebody by calling. No words, don't gobble to them, say, Let's have some fun and watch that old boy over yonder or watch them people over yonder. Watch that Young hunter, yonder, let's see what he does or she does. You know, you can't do that. Don't do that. Right. You know, that that's asking for trouble. And you just you gotta you gotta use some common sense. And that's not common sense to try to fool somebody to chew a gobbler. They say no somebody comes from the other direction you're not looking at. So right. you know, that's just a common sense thing. But another thing too, on public hunting ground I'm going to tell you something. I've always practiced being courtesy. If somebody's there calling, I know he's there. 
you know, if he's out there and he's got a better chance than me killing that turkey, let him have it. That's great. He deserves that turkey. And at any time in the world, if that somebody kills a turkey that you don't kill, let him have him. Just be safe and go get you another. Add another one. Right. That was actually on my list of things to ask you was about the courtesy thing because where you hunt public land where I hunt public land, there is a lot of a lot of competition and people uh, are very protective of their turkeys and, and get their hair on the back of their neck off. Oh yeah. Stood up on yeah. end, you know, when they think somebody's in there hunting one of the birds and will shoot up in the air to scare a bird off and all kind of things and it's it's just what you said. First of all, there's there's no turkey worth getting shot over or shooting somebody over first and Absolutely. foremost. That's and right. number two, there's no no reason to be a, a horse's rear end over a turkey. You can go find you another bird somewhere. That's and right. who who knows the one you find when somebody else is hunting the one you were you wanted to hunt, the one that you find may be the hottest one and, and may end up going for a ride back home with you. So you probably didn't didn't lose out on too much anyway. Yeah, so, that's, that's right. And another thing to try, to, you know, another thing I, I like to do just on public ground or just something. You know, lots of people would go turkey hunting. They don't have them, they don't teach them how. You know, a lot of kids, lots of kids would love to go turkey hunting. Mm-hmm. They don't have them, they take them, they don't have no place to hunt, and they don't know how to do it. Each year, it seems like I end up with one or two of those, and, I, and that's a very rewarding thing to see these kids get out there and hunt. And if you ever get him started, buddy, he'll be there the next year too, because he it's something about the turkey out in the grill. It's very addictive, and that's the kind of addiction I like them to get turkey on. Keeps them from getting other kinds. That's right. Well, we're going to wrap up here. We're getting getting close to uh, going on an hour and I don't want to keep you too late. It's getting late. You've been on, been on a tractor planting all day and I know you got to be tired. But well, I I'm, have... what, what I'm doing, Andy, I'm out there picking ready for these turkeys for next year. got to plant early, don't you? Well, what you do, we put out food plots getting ready and today I've been putting uh, water holes. Uh you know, it's so important to have places for these turkeys and deer to water and make it convenient to them. And, and you can get you a water hole. don't cost a lot of money to get a bulldozer and make you a water hole or a back hole and tractor and make these water holes, put it around food plots and things. And next thing you know, you're going to see an old hen of eight or ten living red. That's what I love to see. Well, can you share with us the story of your most recent successful turkey hunt? Let's see. The last turkey I killed this year, I hunted for 40-something days, and I had to hunt it by myself a day. Wow. And I was here at the house, and there was a thunderstorm coming up, pretty rough. And I put on, I had my clothes on. I'd been hunting that morning, so I, Got my old shotgun, and uh, of course, where I live, in direction you go, you got turkeys. Mm-hmm. So I went out, and the wife said, Where are you going? I said, I'm going turkey. And she said, You see that cloud? I said, Yeah, and it's thunder. <laughs> and I hit the woods, and I'm talking about 
every direction that lightning had Turkey's Goblin. Mm-hmm. So so it was getting closer, cloudy getting closer, so I set up on an old logging road and I hunted these turkeys with somebody uh, that uh, two or three days before. And I know these old turkeys because I could tell where they acted. So I sat there and and the leaves was out good this time of the season. I hid there and I sat there and I called, cut right to the loud and called and two big gobblers about a hundred yards stepped out on this old logging road come walking right to me. One of them was strutting every second and the other one was looking. You know, one of them was a looker. You know, he's all looking. Right. He wasn't strutting, he was just a looker. And I said, I guarantee them them two old gobblers. I sat there and they got about 45 yards and that looker Dick come out about an extra six inches, and he and he flickered his wing. He didn't put or nothing. He just flickered his wing uh-huh. and turned and started walking off. And I know the party's over. So <laughs> still, still shooting the strutter. He's about forty-five yards. I knew I could kill him at open road, so I just shot the looker. When I walked up there, he had spurs an uh, inch, almost an inch and a half. I'm sure that the other one was the same thing. The the cutter, you know, I didn't I shot the looker. Right. That was that was two old turkeys and the only reason I got to kill them turkeys, it hadn't been a lightning thunder and I probably never killed them. But that lightning thunder if you could duplicate thundering, oh my gosh, you talking about a locator call, you'd have something there. I think that's the next thing that Night and Hill needs to come out with is the Thunder Locator call. Yeah, some some guy told me one time at a seminar said I I was blowing an owl call, and he said I can make any turkey gobble by slamming my car door. I said, Yeah, but you can't pack that car door with you where I go. <laughs> so, but anyway, that was that hunt. I had to tell you about that hunt. That old turkey, I was hid good, but he still picked me out. And he wasn't yeah. coming down that road. He'd already been down that game too many times. And when they got them East half Spurs, buddy, I'm going to tell you something. Them turkeys are a lot smarter than two-year-olds. Yeah, they're not yeah. stupid. That's for sure. That's right. What do you think is the one key to success on that hunt? If you if you had to point to one thing and say this, this one thing, thing action or whatever it was that you did that was the key to making that a successful hunt other than well, getting out of the house the key was was the weather the weather mm-hmm. that storm coming up and it's thundering and lightning made those turkeys react to gobble and and they they want to hear a hen sound and when it, when i cut to them and call i think i had a mouth call they just stepped right out and was walking, was coming right to me. But that one old looker, he just seen me sitting there, and I thought I was his, but he could see something he didn't like, and I knew it. And I, the experience I had over the years, see one when he puts his neck out a little further and turns and flicker, I call it sort of flicker his wing, you know, just straighten his wing up, I call it, you know what I'm talking about? Okay. And when he done that, I knew the party was over. Of what was fixing to happen, that strutter was going to do the same thing. Yeah, they, they the, speak the to the, each other by body movement. Knowing when to 
shoot, uh, knowing when the game was over, knowing that's the closest he's going to get, that was the key to that success there. It wasn't a great call, and it wasn't nothing but just knowing that that turkey had done seen me and he'd had enough. And I recognized how he acted, how he, his posture, his body changed, his head, you know, everything just changed. When they see you and they get peed off, they might have that old fat and pretty red head coming in, and all at once that thing turns uh, just a no ugly looking red, not that pretty bright red and stuff. Better watch out, that dude done, he done seen you something. And I knew the party was over then. So, and I and I tell you what, I, I shot that turkey and killed him. And buddy, I picked him up and I take off to my ATV. I had a uh, ATV at the top on a Polaris, uh, windshield and stuff, and it rained like pouring. Man, it was pouring down. Just, I mean, a big rain. I mean, if I'd have waited five minutes, I don't believe. Them turkeys would have come on out, you know, in that rain stuff. So you you beat the rain then. I beat you the were rain. Able to kill him before yeah. the rain hit. Yeah, sure did. Yeah, sure did. Yeah. You mentioned getting out there when the weather's coming. That's actually, in my opinion, a pretty good time to go hit the public land too, because you're not going to have as much competition, but the birds oh, are still there. Andy, that is the time. Listen, mm-hmm. on public hunting ground and the land between the lakes. Several years ago, I went next to the last day of the season. It was a thunderstorm, and I remember all the people I knew around was hunting. Everybody killed a turkey that day. I mean, it was a terrible lightning and thunder and raining. Everybody killed a turkey. That was next to the last day on public hunting ground in Lambertree Lake. The next day, I had a boy... They wanted me to take him. It was the prettiest days I ever looked at. That storm had done passed over, bright, big dew on the ground, still morning, just perfect. I never heard but one turkey. I bet I heard 25 or 30 the day before. Wow. And I was in the same area. So that tells me I don't know nothing yet about turkey hunting. I'm still learning. <laughs> It's more fun to go on those pretty days. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. Well, I appreciate the time that you spent with us today. And the one last thing that I want you to share with us is let us know how we can go about learning more about Night and Hell game calls, where we can pick them up, and tell us a little bit about the TV show as well, when it airs. Yeah. And- All right, our TV show airs three times a week on the Outdoor Channel. In Alabama time, it'll be on at uh, 8.30 on Saturday night. That's prime time we have. On a Tuesday afternoon and a Thursday afternoon, I believe is what it is. I can't tell you exact time for those, but the main time is 8.30 on Saturday night on the Outdoor Channel. It's called Ultimate Hunting. Sheffield's Ultimate Hunting, that's one of the big sponsors. David and I, and sometimes we have other people on the show. But then you can find Night in Hell, most of you, sporting good stores, you know, Bass Pro, Cabela's. I think a lot of you good sporting good stores around Birmingham. I know several stores down that way has it. 
uh, all across Alabama. And I'm sure you can find them on, on the line, too, and I can't tell you exactly where to get them. I don't think you have a lot of problem finding them. I wish that, I wish I could, that everybody bought one, I wish I could take, go with him. I've always said that ever since <laughs> so I said, everybody buys one, I wish I could just go with them. Because I love to be around people, especially hunters. And, I, you know, let me tell you something in closing, Andy. You know, uh, hunting has been a way of life for me all my life. And I see so many people now that it might not be too kosher to think they're in style to hunt. You know, I don't mind telling people I like to hunt. I'm not ashamed of my heritage that I like to hunt. And I'm not going to hide it for nobody. I love to hunt, but it's been a big part of my life. And i tell you something else. Right here in the United States of America, but I'm going to tell you something. We need to wake up, and we need to stand up for our Second Amendment right, you know, the, the right to bear arms. And so many people, I think, would like taking it right away from us. And don't be ashamed to tell people you like to hunt. Don't be ashamed to tell people that you believe your Second Amendment right to bear arms. And i tell you what, I'm a firm believer in that. I agree. I appreciate you sharing that. And I think if if the people who are opposed to it are vocal and they don't mind sharing their opinion with you about their feelings on it, then you have no reason to be shy about sharing your opinion. Absolutely not. You know, some of the fondest memories I have in my life is hunting with my friends and my family. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's fond memories. And I have no problem if somebody don't like to hunt. Right. That's your business. But I don't want them to take my privilege away from me or try to. Right. Well, thank you for bringing that up. That That is a very important point, and I think that a lot of listeners to the show can get involved in things, whether that's the NRA or some other organization that supports the, the Second Amendment rights, and don't forget to support the NWTF and all those other organizations that make hunting possible for us because they, you know, they're responsible for what I, we're doing. I'm a, I'm a charter member of uh, the National mm-hmm. Turkey Federation, 1972. And, uh, of course, I'm a life member. And I'm a firm believer in the National Turkey Federation. I think they've done great and they're still doing good. And I'm a, I'm a lifetime member of the NRA. I love that organization. I'm a member of lots of organizations, Ducks Unlimited, a lot of others. But it seems like the National Wild Turkey Federation and the NRA has, has just been two great organizations, and there's a lot of good ones out there. And uh, I wish we could do something, Andy, for the bobwhite quail like we did for the wild turkey. Right. You know, you know, our quail, I can remember when I was a young boy coming up, finding 10 or 15 cubbies of wild birds around my house. Now you don't see any. I remember the Quail Unlimited tried to, you know, do it, but you had a resource that was dying, you know, dying out so much a year. The turkey population was growing so much a year. You know what? which one was the most popular because you had the resource there was the turkey. But I wish we could get quail. Yes. I love the quail hunt. That's, that's some fond memories I have there also. Well, quail hunting is a ton of fun, and, and the meat on a wild quail is unbelievable. Some of my okay. favorite wild game. Yep, yep. By far. But 
Well, thank you again, Harold. I really appreciate the time and you sharing some knowledge with us and teaching us teaching us more about hunting public land. And you know, it's just a pleasure having a, a true gentleman and and a legend in the hunting industry on the podcast with us. I thank you again. Andy, thank you so much. I enjoyed it. All right. You have a great night, and I'm going to get you to hang on the call with me here, and I'm going to end the recording now. All right. That is the end of our interview with Harold Knight of Knight and Hale Game Calls and Sheffield's Ultimate Hunting. Be sure to check out Harold on Sheffield's Ultimate Hunting on the Outdoor Channel. Check your local listings for that. And anytime you're in the market to buy a turkey call, be sure to check out Night and Hill Game Calls. Be sure to tune in to next week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast, where I'll be interviewing the sporting chef, Scott Lasath, who's going to share with us some awesome turkey recipes and teach us how to cook that wild turkey so that it's not so tough and dry. Thanks for tuning in. I look forward to seeing you next week. I know you have choices, and I appreciate you spending some of your time with us. Have a great week. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.